and we're back. For those who are just joining us, uh, a quick recap. So we're just looking at, um, we're digging deeper into the role of a Scrum Master. And uh, we've really looked at the definition, at the superficial definition and the different instances. Just to recap for anybody who's just coming up. So as a Scrum Master, you're not just responsible for establishing the Scrum process or ensuring that the defined rules, the defined processes are followed to the letter but the different layers to it and that's what we'd love to call the different stances of a scrum master and we've already looked at one of them being servant leadership now there are several stances and i'm just going to quickly mention them uh, just in case we don't uh, go through all of them so there's that of a teacher and a coach there's that of a servant leader there's that of a facilitator scrum master as a facilitator so there's that instance of a scrum master so a scrum master as a as a mentor as a change agent and as an impediment remover so we just just before the break we looked at the instance of coaching scrum master as a coach and richie already gave us what he thinks of what coaching is and i'm just going to touch a little bit of coaching and that's why as it is important for you as you go into the role of a scrum master just know that you're going to be able, to, you're going not to be able, but you're going to be required to put on several hats. Now, for organizations that are just start, starting off, they are going to struggle to understand their framework. And you being as a scrum master and applying, you know, the qualities such as empathy, you know, you have to be empathetic, knowing that, you no, know, I have to be, hold these people by the hand and walk with them right? They do not know everything. And there's going to be a lot of back and forth. So you have to be very patient. So what does it mean to become a coach? And we haven't actually now evolved into being an agile coach, but we're looking at coaching stance within the Scrum Master role. So as a coach, you're going to have sessions, either one-on-one with individuals, with the team, and with, at the organization level, to help the team understand the concepts of self-organization, autonomy, self-managing, cross-functionality. And, you know, you're going to bring in your knowledge, right, and expertise and experience as having been a Scrum Master to be able to unpack that. So, Dennis, what does it mean to be a coach? That's um, hmm. I believe all that you've talked about kinds of sums it up a bit, because when you become a coach, you do to a certain extent become a teacher. To another extent, you actually become a mentor. So to me, being a coach is being there at the hardest of times one individual, making sure these individuals learn from uh, whatever they're going through and also being ready to let them go. Because coaching isn't, I know you have a lot of life coaches and all, but it should reach a point where you let this individual grow on their own. So yes, you can bring in some mentorship. From my experience, this happened, this happened, you can do this. You can empower them, ask them the powerful questions, maybe the five whys, 
or you know self-directing questions like what would you do if this scenario happened you know try to grow them and make sure from the time they started and by the time you're letting them go they are a far much better person yeah and i like what you say uh, coaching is not instruction you know you're not instru- you know, it's not, not like a football match or a basketball match so you're not instructing on, on doing a b c d and e but basically you're trying to unblock a potential that is sitting somewhere there but it can't come out so you, as a coach you're there trying to you know bring this person out of the quagmire they are in and you no know, to bring them to a better level richie what's your thought of coaching you know a thought just crossed my mind which is someone else you need to educate especially on why you play that role in the organization as a scrum master is the leaders in that organization because i've seen situations where agile coaches are brought about to facilitate a certain change so of late digital transformation so they feel okay because we need to change culture the best way to do it is by introducing agile coaches and that if you ask me is uh, using the tool the wrong way um so as a scrum master you need to put I, i wouldn't say your foot down but the idea is to educate the organization as to why you would need to undertake agile coaching so, so and how it benefits the organization short mid term long term so that you can be more effective back to your question what was it i think you've answered it in a, okay. in a way in a way or the other and you no know, it goes down to the key definitions or the key qualities of a coach right so as a coach you're not coming in to referee you're not coming in to take sides you're not coming in to take a vote right you're not you're not coming in to collude with the organization to to bypass or to sidestep the you know the bad habits or the anti patterns that agility kinds of exposes so you know as a coach you're coming in to empower to educate Okay you're coming to make someone much better to unlock the best of their potential as a coach you're not instructing you're not really prescribing right you're not taking a stance as a coach you come in to help close the gap and and that what comes in as a, again as a coach you need to be able to model and lead by the values which you're trying to expose and i think and just to go back to what you said i don't know why it's refused to to leave my mind because when certain organizations think of agile transformation they bring in a coach and a coach comes in with certain prescriptive elements and they will say i'm looking at this organization and i think this framework will work and that framework tends to be what they're really good at <laughs> dennis <laughs> Okay then so two things I'll piggyback on the the other point I just needed to give out like a real scenario so I normally have a systems demo with the team so what normally happens it's the product owners or the product managers who normally facilitate or lead the session where they say this is what the team has done having that the system demo is inclusive of different stakeholders so I changed it a bit When we talked about coaching we talked about empowering different individuals to stand up you know come out from their shell become better so what happens in most of my demos is the developers are the ones who 
go through all that they have done. And I've told them to take different, uh, if you do it today, this other person will do it next time. You're empowering them, making them become leaders in regards to, you know, because you're an engineer, you're going to tend to become uh, an engineering lead someday. You know, you want to become better, but if you don't know how to lead, how to public speak, it sort of, you know, it plays against you. So that's one way I'm, I'm doing it. Then uh, back to your question, you've talked about the agile coaches who come and pro prescribe a specific. So what I have done in all the organizations I've been to is within the first two, three months, I do nothing. I just observe. You first need to understand the culture before even you start making changes. You need to understand in depth from the team, leave alone what you've just been prescribed and told, this is how we normally work. That doesn't necessarily have to be the picture. You need to enter inside the roots, understand what people are ailing, then from there now start making changes gradually. Yeah, so I think coaching um, to some level uh, has been reduced to that of an instructor. And that, I think, in a way, limits you as a scrum. Because, again, the one thing, and I think that's why this topic is very important, as a scrum master, you are not simply a scribe, someone who takes notes. You're not just the secretary. You're not there to, you know, uh, populate the product backlog. You're not just there to schedule the events. You know, we have the sprint planning this day, um, checking your calendars, are you all available? You know, um, we'll make sure it's 15 minutes. Ah, you've talked to for too long, you know, you know, you have to make it one minute. Then sometimes go pick certain uh, techniques and say, okay, just pass the ball or no. We start from the left going right. So we need to move from that textbook definition and go to what, to the spirit of agility and the spirit of Scrum and come to what it means to be a Scrum master, right? So I think, and it, go, and it takes us to the next instance of a Scrum Master as we close, I think we'll have to expose on this much more later, that of a facilitator. And I think people have misconstrued facilitation to be scheduling meetings. And running meetings. <laughs> and running meetings. Let's start with you, Richie. So I actually play the role of a Scrum Master for an organization and I'm happy to say that some meetings are actually just, I, 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 the, the team is distributed, so I log into a call. And I say nothing other than, hello, how are things? And goodbye, no comments. <laughs> ideally, it, yes. Ideally, yes, yes. because the idea, you're, the idea is that you're supposed to participate. So if you're in the Support, meeting and yes. you feel that there's something you'd want to add into the meeting, it's at that point in which you speak. But yes. if there's nothing for you to add on to, there's no point in having to say other than greet people, which is a basic courtesy. Um, hello? And nothing to add on my part. I think this is okay. If anything, that's actually validation that what was discussed in a great, in your opinion, is something that works. So that, in my opinion, is, and I think maybe I stand corrected, people can, can talk to me on the side, is good facilitation. Yes, so just jumping onto that one. So for my teams, no, not every time, but sometimes 
I just tell them to record the stand-up and they just don't show up. I need to know if they will be doing what should, what needs to be done, even when I'm not there. Because there's this assumption, and I really hate it, uh, from another organization where I was, if I am not in that meeting, then there's no need of a meeting. People forget that it's collective accountability and it's collaboration. It doesn't matter if I'm not there or not. You know what you need, you need to do. You know, just continue with it regardless. So those, those are the different, and plus it's, to a certain extent, it's a, it's a coaching mechanism. So you, you've actually moved to the, you actually crossed over to becoming high-performing agile teams. And that means, are we able to perform when the scrum master is not there? Are we able to perform when the agile coach is not there? And you understand that, you know, we're not doing this for the agile coach, you're not doing this for the scrum master right? And then it takes away. And again, we're going to repeat. As a Scrum Master, us is not to speak and to lead meetings every single time. That is not the definition of a Scrum Master, right? Because now you're taking the power away from the team to decide for themselves, right? So because you're, you're basically telling the team, this is how I want it to be done. Now you're morphing into that of a manager, which ideally isn't. So as a facilitator, Maybe some of the key points that have come across is that as a facilitator, being a scrum master, you help and enable the team achieve the objective. So the, the whole idea is to check, do we have the cadence in place? What can we do to make sure that we have a stable cadence? Right? Mine is not there to go and schedule for you a calendar at six, six o'clock every morning for us to have a stand-up. Okay? So again, as a facilitator, mine is to provide or to promote collaboration and to try and, and achieve some sort of synergy within the team. And I love the way you have said it, Richie. You know, you go, just make sure everything is working. You don't need to talk. You know, like, are we, guys, are we done? And, and sometimes I think maybe why people want to talk a lot is because they feel that maybe I want to be felt. You know, maybe when, the, when it comes to appraisal time, people say, I've never heard you talk. And <laughs> I don't know what... No, and uh, I agree, and and it speaks to to as you you are alluding to that that uh, high performing teams tend to be more mature, of course, and more mature teams tend to understand what the the overall objective vision is, and you don't need to be told what to do to achieve that vision. You basically figure it out for yourselves. Self organizing. Yeah, you self organize perfectly. Like I was going to add on to what Danny said, but I felt maybe I was going to try and one-up him. So, <laughs> so sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm late for the stand-up, and they, I find they've started without me. Precisely. So all I do is apologize on comments. I don't even speak. And the stand-up ends, and that's it. And we leave. So that tells me the team, even if I was to have a flu and get hospitalized, whatever it is, it will still function. It will still continue, right? And that's, we're talking about getting out of that hamster wheel, right? And in our closing, today I want to be the first one to close and to change the tradition. So when you talk about facilitation, and uh, this goes to the concept of continuous improvement, and as a Scrum Master, you need to strive to be better every single day. And um, you do not attain a certain state as, you know, as a, and I think we need to take away those titles, Senior Scrum Master, Seasoned Scrum Master. You are basically a Scrum Master. Right. And, you know, back to the point of facilitation. So as a scrum master, yours is to facilitate relationships, collaboration, communication at individual level, at team level, 
at organization level. URC is to facilitate the Scrum process and the continuous improvement process. Simple. You are not meant to lead it, right? So create an environment. Basically, facilitate an environment that enables the team to be who the team needs to be without you being there. The moment the team feels deficient or inadequate when you're not around, it shows inadequacy of what a high-performing scrum team is. It means that there's a lot of dependency on you. And again, if you want to move to a different level of being a scrum master or an agile coach, you need to take away that dependency. So you need to go to a level whereby you, like you said, release the team, release the team, and now look for another challenge. I don't know who's going to take it. And let me pick it up from there because that's actually the rub. Some people find that pill very bitter to to swallow because if if I'm no longer needed, does that mean I am irrelevant, irrelevant. in the organization? Why do we need to pay you? Exactly. So a lot of people fear that. And as a result, they create the dependency. They hog knowledge, information, because they know the moment they empower everyone to understand what needs to be done and they're no longer needed, then they're basically not useful to the organization. But there's, there's the flip side to this, which is, you know, as, as you surmount certain challenges, newer challenges emerge, just like climbing the Everest. You, you you pick one specific aspect of the of the mountain, another one emerges that's much higher, that now demands more effort, a different approach. And if you take that 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 approach to the way you manage your or work with your agile teams, you'll be extremely successful because you'll take them from one stage of maturity to the next. And if you ask me, the sky's the limit there. True. So another aspect from uh, from my end is. Uh, once you feel you've done what you've done to the level best, remember the organization doesn't have one team. You can move on to the, to the next team. Now, moving on to the next team doesn't mean you leave this other team. You can take in other people from different departments and keep on coaching and training them on Agile and Scrum. For instance, for every single Agile team, we have a shared resource. And the shared resources are from different teams and they would want that in their teams where they are. It's you just to ask the question, do you think your team needs some agile? Because I've done I've done trainings for guys in HR, guys in finance. Yes, they don't take everything, but they take some bits and pieces and you work with them. So from there, you're empowering the whole organization instead of you tying yourself to your scrum team or one, two scrum teams for the longest time because you have other people those people are beacons for for uh, for other teams so it's you to use them to move to the other teams and grow the organization slowly and slowly so just from me so what are your thoughts people once again thank you richie thank you deno to all who took time to listen to us much thanks see you next time adios <laughs>